0: Blog Talk Radio Hello and welcome to another episode of In the Cause of Objectivist. This is one of your hosts, Dr. May Ribbons. Um, trying to trying to carry this show the show on my, my narrow little shoulders and missing missing the manager deserves all the credit, Corey Baum. Um, so this always a shout out to him. Today's episode is um, <laughs> Done in between plates drying. Um, I know I've been doing this at really wonky times, but um, and normally I would do it at some wonky time tomorrow. But I've got a growth curve. It's just it's not even like a hardcore growth curve. It's it's a pilot experiment, and it's going to be kind of crazy. So I figure no time like the present. We've had a doozy of a day. Sure, we've had a. I love so much. Um, so today's episode is called Courage Conveyed by Art. And I wanted to um, preface by saying that, um, so uh, Lou Travers is an alum of this show. Um, he teaches classes called Touching the Art. Um, and I, m- I mentioned before that he is a very unique way of appreciating art and um, making it a part of your life and, and um, you know, expanding your soul. I, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. I, I don't think he'd actually say it that way. But um, it's, I really enjoyed his class. Um, and in part of his class is you, you do your own reading of one of your favorite works part. Um, and I still have it, and I thought I'd share it. Um, and I want to preface by saying, you know, so if you go to blog Talk, I've got a series of images in the um, slideshow that um, will be very helpful <laughs> um, if you if you care to follow along. So to start out, um, I'll say, so there I was, about to throw myself out of a perfectly functioning airplane. It was about a week and a half before I was going to defend my dissertation. And my first time skydiving. As I looked down the 12,000 foot drop, I thought to myself, I can't do this. I'm telling you this because as I show you two of my favorite artworks, I want you to think about a moment in your life when you thought to yourself, I have no idea how I'm going to get through this. Um, And I want you to think about what got you through so my my first work of art is Winged Victory of Samothraki. There's this woman who stands on a kind of pedestal near the prow of a ship. Her wings are mostly unfurled. You can see you can even see her bastard wings, the feathers nearest her body, which in um, birds sticks out to give the bird a backdraft when they um, land on a perch. She looks um, this, the the woman in the statue looks as if she's just landed and taken a few steps forward. She has a very dynamic pose with her weight over her right foot and her left toes propelling her forward. Her drapery whips around her as if she's marching through a strong headwind, but her advancement will not be rebuffed. Her torso is twisted in a way that is both sensual and powerful. She is built like a brick house. The cloth around her upper body clings to her as if wet from the spray of the sea. But the sexy forward arch of her torso, the sweep of her long, confident stride, and the strong set of her shoulders makes her look impervious to wet and cold. Her wings are flung out behind her as if flaunting her beauty and potency. So as I said, this is Winged Victory, a.k.a. Nike of Samothrace. She was carved to honor the goddess Nike and victory during sea battles. Thus she appears to have alighted on the prow of a ship of a victorious fleet. Nike was a Greek goddess of victory, daughter of the goddess Styx, the river that in Greek mythology separates Earth from the underworld. She flies around the battlefield awarding victors with glory and notoriety. Um, So Nike has literally dropped from the sky to a light on the front of a boat about to join battle. Her forward arched posture makes her look like more than a mascot. She is leading the charge. Compare this with another of my favorite works, Michelangelo's David. He is holding his sling and rock very close to him and the furrow of his brow and the intensity of his wide eyes indicates that he is sizing up Goliath. His weight is mostly on the leg furthest from Goliath, as if he's winding up like a pitcher rather than hurling himself forward towards his enemy as Winged Victory does. Or Nike has her back arched and her chest proudly out, David has his shoulders and his chest bowed slightly inward we can see his ribs and his flared nostrils as if he's sucking in a breath david represents the moment just before battle is engaged he's sizing up his enemy and winding up for his strike he looks as if he's calculating trajectories force equals mass times acceleration distance traveled equals velocity along the x-axis times time maybe that's a slight anachronism but you get my point Nike represents the moment just after, the striking moment in which she's confidently hurtling towards battle. Nike, Nike is clearly saying, I could vaporize you with my sexiness while wearing a muumuu. What do you think I'm going to do to you when I'm wearing this? So another thing um, Luke has us do is not, not just connect to the art personally, but um, um, and connect to different art, but connect to different art and different media. So um, I have a literary connection to this. Um, when I saw Wing and Victory, I, or, um TV. Um, when I saw Wing and Victory, I immediately thought of the season two finale of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Now I know I've mentioned this theme before, but um, I, I don't think it's overplayed. I don't think it's possible for it to be overplayed. At this point in the in the season, um, Buffy has been expelled from school, kicked out of her house, and all her friends are either injured or dead. She's engaged in a sore fight with her lover, who is possessed by a demon that wants to destroy the world. Her possessed boyfriend disarms her. She's on the ground, her eyes and her posture closed and self protective in a manner similar to David. Her possessed boyfriend says, "You've got no friends." No weapons, no hope. Take all of that away, and what's left? He brings down the sword, and with her eyes still closed, Buffy claps the sword between her hands, looks up at him and retorts, There's me. That is the moment when she transitions from her David moment, gathering her strength against a seemingly insurmountable enemy, to her Nike moment, hurling herself into battle and kicking ass. And I just... I love that idea of, of in, in literature and in film and in movie and in art in general, when you strip away all the trappings that we tend to think of as ourselves, what's left? What is the essence of someone's character? Um, so circling back to the moment when I was hanging out of an airplane thinking to myself, I can't do this. Before I could even open my mouth to, to bail, I mean, to, to stop this from happening, out, me and my instructor tumbled. It was then that I realized I have everything I need because I have me. And I hummed the Superman theme all the way down. <laughs> That moment of terror before we jumped was my David moment. The entire trip down was my Nike moment. A week and a half later, I was about to defend my dissertation. In other words, summarize the last six years of my life in an hour. And the room was filling up with my family, my friends, and my committee, and I was getting nervous. I I wanted to comport myself well. This is my David moment. I looked over at one of my lab mates who threw up his arms in exactly the manner I'd had mine before I was pushed out of the plane. And I felt that moment, that David moment, you know, where I was like hanging out of the plane. And I thought to myself, "Hmm, this really isn't that bad. Um, I transitioned to my Nike moment and I killed that talk. So that's, I mean, there's a lot to be said about why Ayn Rand considered aesthetics so important, that it is one of only five pillars that makes up her complete philosophy of objectivism. Um, art is, it takes complex ideas. I mean, when you think of courage, right, you, you could think of innumerable examples of, of um people behaving courageously or defaulting on their courage um, you could think of definitions of you know you you, you know similar concepts but there's really nothing there, there's really nothing so helpful for understanding courage as as its epitomization and concretization of art like art allows you to take this immensely complex concept and almost bring it to the perceptual level just just condense it all down into a single image moment and let you experience that entire that entire flood of abstractions all at once i mean it's really amazing at least to me it's it's absolutely amazing um, so i hope that helps, and um, it it certainly helped me a time or two. Um, not yeah, I mean I, I'm no Buffy. I um, I wouldn't consider myself David or Nike or any kind of epitome of courage. Um, but it it helped me, and I hope it helps you. Um, so with that, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll. Um, There's actually two theme songs to my one skydiving trip. One of them, of course, is the Superman theme. But the other, um, it's funny because when I asked to have my skydiving filmed, um, they offered to um, have it set to any number of songs. And there was stuff like Van Halen's Jump and generally like Rocky, you know, um, strong guitar riff type Music and, um, you know, I really enjoy that. But I just kind of wanted to take, take it in a different direction. So what I'm going to play for you is, um, the dog days are over by Florence and the Machine. Cheers to reason. <laughs>